Welcome to the 167th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we will be talking about it. Today, we are recording on March 3rd, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this here show. With me is co-host and the man who loves to curl up in a ray of sunshine, Carlos Rodella. You know what? I don't like sunshine very much. So I'm going to go a no but instead of a yes and. Oh, well, you were Mr. Yes and, and now you're Mr. No I but. I know. I just, I'm much rather have like a cloud and rain and a good book. The man who loves to curl up under a cloud of rain, Carlos Rodella. <laughs> nice. Which is what you do for clouds of rain. You curl <laughs> up under them. <laughs> All right, folks, we are back for another episode. Welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, as usual, we're going to get right to the stuff you're here for the games chat the meat of it we don't spend a lot of time on uh, bullshit and formalities at the beginning however i do want to remind you that if you have any thoughts comments feedback or requests you can always reach us so video games podcast at gmail.com send us an email we love to get emails speaking of which i should check the email uh and also we do have some housekeeping this week carlos you've got a couple things on the housekeeping agenda what's up just real quick uh we had talked about last episode i believe which is games we never finished is that right yes we yes we that is correct yeah a a question for the audience and we asked them and i brought up ease eight which is a game that i wanted to beat yeah so i went to my digital library in ps4 and tried to download it and it's not available for download that's where you played it before? Yes, and I know because it says completion rate, 17%. And I was like... Oh, it's been delisted? I don't know. I know that's on sale right now, and I wonder if a sale did that. But we've many times in this podcast alluded to, we have digital games, but they're not really ours, right? Absolutely. And this is a perfect example. I really do want to finish that game. I am 100% not going to pay for it again, but it is currently not available for me to download, while other games are. Weird. Now, are you sure you played it on PS4? Is it possible that you played it on PS3 or Vita and that it's not available on PS4? No, it was a PS4 game. Um, and I don't... Yeah, I would not play it on PC because I love my RPG, action RPGs on my PS4 and my TV. And I don't have an Xbox right now. So this is it. I think I think they just... Something happened. Interesting. Well, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that something's been delisted. You know, it's interesting because... We are so swinging towards digital, and um, I know that people haven't really been talking about it, but a lot of stuff has gone away. But I mean, nothing, nothing. Hu- I mean, I want to say nothing huge, which is not true because a lot of stuff on Xbox Live Indie um, went away. Like that's all gone now. I don't know if people know that. So that was huge, but people hadn't been talking about it for a while. People hadn't been thinking about it for a while. So that kind of got sunsetted. And I saw, you know, people on my Twitter feed who were like indie developers and people who love indies were talking about it. But I didn't hear a lot of grumbling about it in the larger sense. I know that Nintendo has made some stuff go away. But again, it was it was already like out of the spotlight for quite a while so that people hadn't really thought about it. Right. But something on PS4, PS4 is still loud and proud. People are still playing it. It's still super popular. So we haven't seen a lot of stuff go away on PS4. I bet that would probably make a much bigger splash. I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to try again to download it again tonight. I did try like a week ago and it it wasn't there. So, um, yeah, we'll have to follow up on it because if it becomes a thing, I wonder how many people will see it if they, you know, they played it, they beat it and they deleted it and they don't think about it again. Or there's other people like me who didn't beat it and did delete it. So we had to save, 
space on our storage. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we went back to it, and and, and it's not there. So uh, I'm actually going to look at some other ones and see if they're all there. But um, yeah, for the most part, a lot of them were there for me to download, but this one wasn't. So that's frustrating. Just thought I'd tell that up at the top. Well, you know, on a related note, I mean, um, I don't know if we've ever really talked about it recently, but, you know, I like to collect games. Are you are you a collector of physical games, Carlos? Uh, some, mainly old school ones. Okay, so I collect a lot of games. I'm a big collector from back in the day. My collection is pretty good. But, you know, there's just a lot of games these days that simply do not have a physical version, or it's just so easy to get digital these days that I notice that um, I'm not buying nearly as many physical copies as I used to. And even if you do... Sometimes what you buy isn't even really what you're playing because of so many patches and updates and downloads and stuff. But I was kind of thinking of maybe buying a bunch of uh, hard drives, like uh, external hard drives, and just like downloading a bunch of stuff that I like and just saving it Ooh, that way for future. Yeah. And storage is so cheap these days, dude. Um, for the price of like one full price game, you could buy like, you know, like a four terabyte drive and that holds... A pretty good number of games, as long as you're not, uh, you know, saving like the AAA huge blockbusters. So maybe that is something that we should prioritize. I don't Wait, know. But, but what were you saving though? The actual file of the game, you mean? Yeah, because like if you put a, an external onto PS4, you can s- choose to save on an external hard drive, and if you save it on there, then it, once it's full, you just unplug it. All those games are still there, you know. Like you, you could theoretically play them on a PS4 at any point in the future as long as your hard drive didn't fail now how many of those need internet connection though that's the question well you know that's really the question and honestly i mean i can't say that i've been studying it but i noticed not many um in in fact i was actually just looking at this because i've been playing inquisitor which we talked about last week still playing inquisitor love inquisitor but that one does require an internet connection so that one cannot really be saved but most of the stuff i have on ps4 doesn't seem to really require that so that would be an interesting experiment let's do a so video games experiment and we'll we'll report back on it and both of us will try to download a bunch of games onto a hard drive and then see if we can play them that's that a good be, idea yeah it would be pretty interesting i have a bunch um that i'm using right now i don't i haven't like started storing and saving anything but i'm using an external just because i needed the extra space but yeah that's a good a good experiment maybe i will unplug my internet and turn off the wi-fi and see see how it goes yeah all right, housekeeping number two is Skater XL, a game I've mentioned on this podcast I like very much. It's a very realistic skating game. They just announced that they're coming to PS4. So if you are on the fence and it's a Steam game and you're not normally on PC or Steam, like Brad Galloway, who never touches a PC, uh, it's coming to PS4, and it's going to be later this uh, summer, I think. Yeah, I just saw that announcement. It's funny you mentioned that. I meant to bring it up with you, and then I took a nap, and then I forgot because I'm old. But yeah. Interesting. I'll check it out. I haven't really given it a close look because I'm not super keen on the skateboarding games, but it's been a while since I played one. It might be worth a look, so it's always neat to see some of that stuff coming back. I'll, I'll give it a peek. And it'll feel good on analog, I think. Analog controllers, so. Probably yeah. so. Probably so. All right, cool, cool, cool. Thank you for that housekeeping. Um, anything else, or should we get out of the games? That's it. Video games. All right, let's start with you, as we always do, sir. Uh, let's begin with the random, cheap, and or free indie game, probably on PC, brought to us courtesy of Carlos Rodello. What you got this week, sir? Hey, that's me. Uh, the game is called Catlandia. Catlandia. Oh, man. This is kind of a theme. Didn't you talk about a cat game recently? You played Cat Probably. Quest 2 or something, I right? might play all the cat games. Uh, this, Yeah, I played Cat Quest 2 uh, recently, and actually, there's a kind of a similarity. It is a... How do we call this again? Isometric, top-down. I always forget this. It's like three-quarters view looking yeah, down yeah. at a cat, mm-hmm. right? And it's 2D animation of cats. They're running around. 
It's a cat world. Like, are we talking like realistic cats or what kind of cats are we talking here? No, we're talking cartoon cats. Okay. Yeah, it's very similar to Cat Quest. The difference is, uh, as you run around and you do battles, you are doing turn-based battles. So Cat Quest is an action game. You just like hitting things and rolling out of the way. This is a get into an encounter and dun 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 do so like, action. Like JRPG style? Yeah, totally. Okay. And the main people you're fighting aren't people at all. They're dogs because, you know, cats and dogs. So, uh, yeah, you're basically in this uh, cat kingdom, which is essentially just a forest. And there's <laughs> people around. Cat kingdom is like anywhere there happens to be a cat, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, because they make it their kingdom. Absolutely. Dude, yes. a cat can make like a table their kingdom. Cardboard box, yeah. uh, your living room, the top of your head, your keyboard, anything is a cat kingdom. It is. Uh, I just saw a video of a cat like knocking out all like I saw that someone's that manga cat. or whatever, and I was like, "Fuck oh my that god, cat. fuck that cat!" I wanted to spray that cat with ice cold water so bad. Fuck that. That's how you do it, by the way. That's how you train him. Anyways, oh, uh, at some point you're running around doing cat things and like you know little cat uh, tasks uh, or casks. Nope, I tried. That was a good effort, dude. Okay, I would have tried that. You you meet up with some dogs and they're like, "Hey." We're going to fuck you up. We're dogs. And also, there's a dog invasion coming, and you better go back and tell your queen cat or whatever because we're fucking coming for you. And essentially, there's magic abilities and different biting and pouncing things a cat would do. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Bite. Bite for eight damage. Pounce for 12. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting, though. There is one interesting mechanic of the bite part where you need bite different animals. I guess you are probably fight other cats at some point, but... You, um, there's two meters, there's health meter and exposure meter. And so if you bite someone enough, they're fully exposed. And then every hit is a critical hit. So like, are you ripping clothes off them with each bite? Nothing shows in the graphics. I mean, uh. It's just more of a metric, but yes. Okay. I'll say yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no, but I'm going to say yes. I'll say yes <laughs> for the, for the, how it looks and sounds. Okay. And all right. It's a simple game. It's super cheap. I already forgot because we don't do research on this show. It's dollars, right? It's not much money. It was totally worth it. If you like Cat Quest or Cat Quest 2 and, and then you want a turn-based version of it, this is your game. Catlandia, simple. Some funny writing. They really do kind of do some funny writing. Obviously, a million cat puns. But uh, I mean, how would you do a cat game without the cat puns? Right. There's actually less cat puns than Cat Quest. Uh and I really don't know what audience they're going for. It's not children, and it's got a little bit, I wouldn't say adult humor, but it's definitely humor that is more sophisticated in a way. I mean, can we say single people with cats? It might be for single people with cats. It could be. That could, could be, be a box quote. Hey, you want a video game that's an RPG, but also about cats, and are you single? <laughs> single and lonely enough to play a game about cats? Here's your game. <laughs> Catlandia's for you. <laughs> there might be some also a little bit of like under the um, trunk or whatever. What's the metaphor? Under the hood. Under the <laughs> it's under the hood. It's not under the trunk. Under the trunk would be in the roots, which would be a really weird place to put something. Although I guess if you want to bury treasure, planting a tree on top of it is a pretty good place to hide it. There's some under the hood stuff. I think a little bit about there might be some other messaging going on because the dogs are invading. I don't know. I haven't got far enough. In. Is this a metaphor? Is this like a sexual thing? Not sexual, but you went there first, but thank you for that. That's where um, we go. Yeah. I don't know. Check it out. You know what? Check it out. If you're single it out. and have a cat, check out Catlandia. <laughs> Catlandia. All right, cool. Was it just one this week? 
That's it, you know. All right. I like cats, you know. Besides that cat who fucking threw all the mango off the Fuck that. Oh, it made me so mad Fuck watching that, that video. Fuck that cat. All right, over to me. I got a couple things to rant about this week. Uh, first of all, there's a new game called Tempest on PS4, but it is not the same Tempest that was made famous in arcades. I tweeted about it this week, and I got a lot of people upset, and I didn't know why they were upset. And it took me like an hour to figure it out. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. Everybody thinks I'm talking about the classic arcade game. And I am 100% not talking oh. about that arcade game. So yeah, like you, all you these can't people, shit on the old arcade game at all. No, man. I and mean, I like the old game. So I'm not shitting on it. I think it's great. I love the old Tempest. But like, I was like, yeah, Tempest sucks. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, I had like 94 people like pissed off at me in my Twitter feed. And I'm like, why are you guys mad? Because this game fucking sucks. Oh, that's right. Okay, so forehead slap later, I realized my mistake. But this game is literally called... Tempest, like there is no, it's not like Tempest, the pirate adventure, Tempest on the high seas or anything. It is just Tempest. I like how which both is, years was about pirates. Well, it is a pirate game. Oh, it's is a, it? It okay. is a pirate game. Yeah, that's okay. why I called it that. So the game is called Tempest, no subtitle, and it is a pirate game. I saw the video. It looked kind of janky and low rent, but I'm okay with that sometimes. You know we're okay with jank as long as the game oh, is kind of yeah. interesting. So I got a code from PR. So full disclosure, PR sent me a code. And this game's awful. It is terrible. Um, it's so it's like it's so bad. I even struggle to even understand the process of why someone bothered to bring it to PS4. Probably to like mistakenly sell it based on the strength of the trailer and like hopefully get some deceptive sales. But you okay? So like it, it's so bad. I didn't even finish the the tutorial. That's how bad it is. Mm. Um, the game begins and it's like. Yeah, you're a pirate, and you're in this little boat. You're on the sea, and then all of a sudden there's, like, a ghost pirate, and then, like, you're sunk, and then your pirate ship's gone, and then you're, like, in a tutorial. And I'm like, wait, wait, who who am I? What's ha- what is happening here? It's go moving way too fast. This is, doesn't make any sense. There's no context for anything. Very next thing you know, they're like, yeah, here's how you fire the cannons on your ship. And it's, like, this really janky, uh, really janky, you're, you're this tiny little ship, third person, pirate ship on the ocean, and you've got these little lines coming out from the side of your ship, which I guess signifies where your cannons shoot from. And they're like, this is how you shoot. Push the button. And I'm like, okay, push the button. Cannons fired. Got it. And they're like, go to your objective. And there's like a dot on my map, like a red dot. So I go there and there's nothing there. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? And like, you look at the tutorial message still up there. Go to your objective. And I'm there. Like I'm on the objective glowing red dot. There's nothing there. I'm circling around for anything. I don't see anything. And then in the distance, I see an enemy pirate ship. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm supposed to... Maybe that's my objective. So I go over there. That pirate ship one-shots me, and I sink. And I'm like, okay. If this is... Okay, look, folks. Like, I've been playing games for, like, 35 years. And I know how to play games. I've had experience with games. And if this is the way this game starts, I guarantee nothing after this is going to be worth a damn. So I'm just like, okay, we're done. So I'm out. Like, you can't start a game that poorly and expect me to stick around. I'm out is it a ship combat game then it looks like a ship combat game but there is also in the video a portion that shows a pirate walking on an island and doing some sword combat with skeletons Mm. so i'm like okay cool like i like the idea of a pirate game but apparently it's really hard to do because there are not really any good pirate games and i didn't make it even through the tutorial because like the tutorial was so fucked up and janky i couldn't even finish the tutorial so if, if this is the tutorial, I guarantee it's only going to get worse from here on out, and I noped out. So I know a couple people were looking at Tempest because I think there's more than a few of us who would be up for a pirate game. This is not that game. 
don't check out Tempest. This looks terrible. And is it early access or was it just like a full release already? Nope, it is a full release. Oh, okay. And uh, I was talking to Dan Weisenberger, who was also playing it at the time. He got to the, the pirate skeleton part and he said that was unbelievably awful. And he believes this is some kind of like aborted mobile game that somehow ended up being translated to PS4. Mm. So he did not like it either. Stay away from Tempest. All right. Well, we need a good pirate game then still because I, I would go in for some good pirate game. Action. How do we not have a good pirate game, dude? How Tell me that. I mean, I know that people like uh, – what's that one first-person pirate game that's on the Xbox One? Um, sea of that, Thieves. Sea of Thieves. I tried that. That's not what I really want from a pirate game. It's not what I want either. And I actually want a one-player pirate game. Absolutely. Like, let me just sail in a boat. Give me some quests. Let me get off on land. Let me make my character and make some like busty pirate lass, or I can make some weird dude with a peg leg or something. Hey, like, wait, it doesn't doesn't seem hard. Can are we coming up with a good question for next week? What are the good pirate games out there? I mean, maybe. Except for I forgot to ask last week's question, so we're gonna. Have oh, to you did. Shit. I forgot. It's been a busy week, man. It's been a busy. It's fine, week. It's fine. We'll save we're it for keep the list. Two weeks from now, you'll get a pirate question from us. There we go. There we go. Um, I have one more game to talk about really quickly before I turn it back over to you. Uh, Alder's Blood is currently set for release i believe sometime in march it was a kickstarter which i kickstarted full disclosure i put 20 bucks into it back when it first launched um they describe it as and this is the developer's description i believe is something like a combination of xcom and bloodborne which i mean i love xcom and i'm i'm okay with bloodborne it's not like my favorite game in the world but i played it finished it and i you know i I like it so that to me sounds pretty great Kickstart it for 20 bucks. Basically, you play as a group of hunters who are going around killing monsters, and it's turn-based. There's an interesting mechanic where you're constantly giving off scent from your character, depending on which way the wind is blowing. And so you have to move, keeping in mind, you know, not letting the monsters smell you, because then they will come and get you. Uh, Also, you have to be very quiet because the monsters are very sensitive to sound. So you're pretty sneaky, pretty sneaky. Don't be upwind from a monster. And then when you are in position, you pounce and shoot them with your gun or your knife or whatever you got. Um, I like turn-based action. It is like a 2D turn-based action, hand-drawn art. Very distinctive kind of style. Looks kind of rough, but in kind of a cool way. So they just released a playable demo, which is actually a quote-unquote prologue to the main game which is coming out on switch and pc in a couple days maybe oh so recent okay soon yeah i just played the prologue like a couple days ago um so i have not played the full version i did not get any kickstarter rewards or anything this is the free demo that you can get on switch it's available right now for anybody in the demo section uh loaded up the demo and i was like oh god this is awful like it's really 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 bad um the description of what the tutorial is telling you to do is not really matching what's going on on screen. They're really unclear about how the systems work. Um, they want, they're like, Oh yeah, go to this point. You go to this point, you get killed before you get there. And I'm like, well, this is a tutorial. If I am following your directions, I would assume that you're telling me the correct thing to do in order to teach me something. But if you're telling me to move to this spot and I get killed before I get there, then I don't know what the lesson I'm supposed to be learning is. Um, I, I, struggled with that tutorial because I felt like it was so poorly done died many times and eventually what I did was I I just started ignoring what the developers were telling me and I just tried to figure it out on my own oh that's not a good sign (laughs) and I mean seriously dude like uh, so anyway I, I ignored that I did my own thing fucked around with it some more died a bunch more times but I did I did finish the tutorial by completely going my own path and not doing what the developers told me 
uh, did not leave a good impression in with me, did not make me feel confident about my 20 bucks. If they thought this was a good tutorial, I would very seriously question their judgment. So I'm hoping that the final version is better. Also, just as an FYI, I did originally select Switch as the version I wanted my backer rewards on, the full version of the game. I do not want it on Switch anymore. The text is microscopic. The graphics. Oh, come on. Bad text. The graphics are really small and hard to look at. It was, I mean, it was a little bit better when I docked it and I played it on the TV, but I actually emailed them like as soon as I got done with that demo. And I'm like, hey, bro, um, put me on the PS4 version because I do not want this on my Switch. This does not look good. And they said that was fine. So there we go. I'm a little bit worried. I threw away my 20 bucks, but we shall see. We say that every freaking episode make the text bigger. What the frick? I don't understand why. I never in a million years would have predicted that when we go into the HD age with modern technology, that our biggest fucking problem would be unreadable text. Right. Who in the what sense does that make? It makes no fucking sense. Also, like, I have had that problem on PS4 games as well. Like, this is not just a Switch problem. You know what I mean? Oh, true. No, very true. It's it's on all the consoles, dude. It's so yeah. weird. By the so way, fucking weird. what was the thing that drawn you to the uh, Kickstart that game then? I'm wondering, because if it's such a bad experience, I mean, you didn't know because you haven't played it yet, but like, right. what was it that drawn you, drew you to it? Well, I mean, I think the concept of, I mean, I love XCOM. I love XCOM type, type games. It's been a while since I played one that was good. And I like the idea of taking an XCOM turn-based system and then adding, like, gothic monsters. And the hunters look a little bit like the guys from Bloodborne. And that was kind of a cool, stylish game. So mm. that sounded like a good mix. And also the art reminded me a little bit of... Uh, and not that it was exactly like Darkest Dungeon, but kind of like in the same ballpark as Darkest Dungeon. Okay. And I love the art style of Darkest Dungeon. So I'm like, you know, XCOM, Bloodborne, Darkest Dungeon. Like, those vibes were coming to me, and that kind of seemed like... A good mix. I'm really hoping that the final version is better than the prologue, dude. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, both those sound like uh, they also had tutorial problems. <laughs> Seriously? Bad tutorial. Like, it blows, again, it blows me away. I feel like there's a lot of basic stuff that developers are getting wrong these days. Like, it's like, make your text legible. Make your tutorial something that actually teaches the player about what they're supposed to do. Like, these are, like, basic things that people are fucking up. I don't understand why it seems like we're going backwards some ways. I just, it's confusing to me. So, well, anyway. My- that's fine, and I think uh, sometimes games, uh, you know, if they're if the playability or the game mechanics are smart enough, sometimes you don't even need to worry about the tutorial, right? You're like, oh, I get it, like immediately. Oh, totally. Yeah, but, I mean that's possible, but man, if you got a game where you're doing something new, and yeah. in Alder's Blood, like you look at the screen, and there's a lot of stuff you don't know what it is. That game needs a tutorial, especially like if there's all sorts of systems on top of systems. But oh, bro, like you gotta you gotta fix this. So anyway, okay, enough for me. Let's go to you, Carlos. Uh, we talked about Code Vein last week. I believe we talked about it off the podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, you were telling me desperately, do not play this game. It's not for you. Uh, fucking, I'm serious. Seriously, Carlos, I did not seriously. think it would be for you. Exactly. I yeah. did not think this was a Carlos game. I played this game a while ago and talked about it on the show. I don't remember what episode it was, but I got more than halfway in Code Vein before I kicked it aside and uh, was not sad to see it go. So... Tell us about Code Vein, Carlos. Remind us what it's about, and then tell us how it struck you. Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with this game, but I am okay. actually very glad uh, that I played it. So that's okay. kind of my okay. my upfront. Um, yeah, Code Vein is a Dark Souls, but with anime. So think over-the-top um, anime characters with huge swords, kind of Bloodborne-esque, uh, ridiculous kind of story. You're kind of... 
I don't want to say a vampire, but you need to have blood. And yet there's all these different things called blood codes. So you can switch the way you play the game in different styles. You can be, you know, more magic, more melee. Um, and then you're also trying to save the world, but you're really just trying to save your your little faction of people because there's other factions that are coming after you. And what's the real end goal? You don't know. So it's, it's kind of... Um, nebulous and what you're supposed to be doing uh but you're really just supposed to be playing a dark souls game right that but, is very fair uh, that's very fair but with a little bit of the nuance which is you can definitely switch up your play style on the fly you have these things called blood codes which means you can essentially build out your character lots of different ways and then you can play that way for a while and then change it and actually pick different types of abilities and play that way so that part was interesting and i like that my main draw for this game uh, was that I did want to play a Dark Souls game that was a little bit easier. I'm mm -hmm. a big, uh, not hater, but I, if not a fan of the Souls games in general, I basically don't like hating myself uh, for my game playing ability because that's what happens after I play a Souls game. I feel like terrible, I've wasted a bunch of hours, all of my progress is gone, and I want to jump off a bridge. So. I don't like those games. I'm fine if you do, but you know, I just don't. But Code Vein, I felt a little bit more empowered. Uh, it's not like super easy, but the moment to moment monsters you fight, like you would do in a Souls game or Bloodborne, they're just more manageable. And I felt like I had a chance against anybody. And they throw a little bit of like action RPG, lower class enemies at you, which I feel like every enemy in any souls game or Sekiro can kill you in two seconds and in this i was like you know what i leveled up enough i put my stuff in the bloodborne or bloodborne the blood code category that i want <laughs> and i feel comfortable do you know what i mean like yeah, I, yeah, I hear you i hear you and i was like now that made me feel good because now i'm in the realm of the bloodborne the dark souls games yet i feel a little more confident okay that's my quick summary. Definitely enjoyed it more than the Bloodborne games and Souls games. And I didn't really like, I wasn't like drawn to the anime stuff, but it was interesting. And I do like that anime world. The problem is the bosses because uh, yeah, 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 they just, I feel like they turn so quickly to the cheap or the patterns. You know, a lot of bosses have patterns. You got to figure them out. But even with the pattern, like the very first boss is someone who throws a bunch of poison at you. And they actually like projectile poison at you. They do every type of version of poison. And the whole time you're building your character, you're not building anything anti-poison. There's like one thing you can take called anti-venom and it lasts for like two seconds. But you know, you know what I'm saying? They're like, they, they throw something at you that is not what you've been gearing up for. And I hate that. There's a little subsection that we'll deal with in this podcast someday. Um, I want to create a little sub story about me trying to find the perfect RPG because I still haven't found it. And this makes me so mad because there's lots of elements that I like here and a lot of Souls elements I like and a lot of action RPG elements. But that boss and those bosses, I can just tell if the first one's this bad. I just don't want to do it. It just felt cheap as fuck to me. They only get worse, dude. Get, like, take it from me. They only get worse. Well, the, um, I just don't understand who are they making that game for then? I know there's like... This is a bigger discussion, and we need like a whole podcast for this. But the get good people in the world, yeah. I, I just can't deal with those people. Like, 
Anyways, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, so like I said, I played a bunch of Code Vein. I wanted to play a Dark Souls like, and I also had heard that it was easier than Dark Souls. I mean, I've played all the Dark Souls games. I've finished them all. So nobody, nobody at me about like, I'm not good enough or whatever, or get good or any shit like that. Cause I played them all. Um, and I finished them all uh, except for Sekiro. Fuck that game. But I did play that game all the way to the very last boss and quit on the boss. Different story, different podcast. So, but anyway, point being, I can hang with these games. That's not a problem. Um, but this game, like exactly like you said, like that was a very good observation. They kind of, with the blood code system, let you switch back and forth between builds. You can choose whatever weapon you want. You can change, um, like you can pick and choose your spells and you can almost, um, if you grind enough, because you do have to grind a little bit to like activate some of these powers. Um, but you can basically build whatever kind of character you want. And if you don't like it, you can switch anytime, which is fine. But when you do get to these bosses, just like you said, they build these bosses with a very specific um, win strategy in mind and if you are not able to figure that out or if you perhaps have not unlocked the correct powers in order to do that you're hitting a really tough wall now yeah. for me the first boss i got through okay i think i just got lucky because that it was built for what i was which was fine i got to the second boss and i got my ass fucking handed to me time and time and time again and i could not do it like no matter what and so i ended up going to an faq which, number one, is a big strike because when I feel like I have to go online, that's a big bummer to yeah, me. But yeah, yeah. went online, and it was like the thing that I needed was a spell that I had not unlocked yet because I had not been spending time with, like, the wizard class or whatever. And so the stuff that I had was not really effective against this person at all. Uh, so I had to, like, get out of that battle. I had to equip a, a, a skill set that I hadn't been using. I had to grind a little bit to level up the spell that I had not unlocked. Once I unlocked that spell, I beat that boss the very next time. So it's like... I got, to, you know, and I, I made some progress. I got more than halfway through, but like every time I got to a boss, I was just dreading it because I was like, oh, these are so much harder well, and than the rest of the, the game. And, and the dichotomy there is just frustrating because like literally right before that boss, there was like, like you go to the right instead of the left where the boss is. And there's this massive, massive dude. And me and my, you know, NPC AI buddy, yeah, we beat him handily, like handily. Like I was like, oh, look at me. I did that roll. I managed my stamina. I used my blood code ability and we took him down. And I felt like a badass. And to go from that to, like you said, not having the right thing. Fuck you. Like, what are you making this game for? That's not yeah. get good anymore. That's just like poor management. I, I, I. I'm so frustrated because I like a lot of parts of this. And I even like the weird little hub home world where yeah. you like go back and talk to people and it feels very anime. There's just so many cool things here, but I got really frustrated. So I don't know if I'm fully out because that first boss, I pretty much had down to like the last piece of health, you know, and then died. So it's not like I can't beat the first boss. It's just frustrating as fuck. Well, let me, let me tell you, dude, you might as well just bail now because those bosses only get worse from there. Each one is worse than the last one. And by the time that you are, I guarantee you, by the time that you feel like you're almost to the last boss and like you should be done with that game, you're only halfway. That game is really long. And I, I made a lot of progress. The levels eventually get really, 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 really fucking long and really, 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 really confusing, but not in a good way. Like you just feel like you're going through endless hallways over and over mm. and over it's and not you said interesting. That. I know I heard you say that. But I had to try for myself. Lots of times you yeah. do. And I, I, I think that this this is a really interesting thing about our podcast. Um, I'm not sure if other people do this, but I, I know that we both do. Is lots of times we play games that are, in quotes, garbage or things that we have frustrations with. But I think that we also get to see a lot of like good things and mechanics that do work in games. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? So like I see a world where... 
there's another code vein and I will have a good time with it. But I needed to do that instead of just saying like, oh, I don't play Souls games, right? Like this one got me in the fence and said like, well, if they do it better next time, another developer, then yeah, I would play it. So Yeah, well, I, I hear you, man. I think there is a market for slightly easier uh, Souls games because I think there's a lot to like about Souls games and I don't think difficulty is really the selling point. I think a lot of really smart people would agree with me that they're not really about being hard. There's other things, but the get good crowd has kind of taken over that. Um, but yeah, I would love to play. I mean, I love the, the um, character creator in Code Vein is fucking amazing. Oh, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Love the, the character creator is so good. Like it's, it's like one of the best ones I've ever seen. So it's really good. I like the style. Like I was, I was cool with somebody switching it up because Dark Souls games are traditionally, you know, really super dark and grim and you got a lot of armor and stuff, which is fine. But sometimes you want something different. And I was like, yeah, vampire lady, this giant bustier, and she's got a gas mask, and I'll, you know, this giant sword. Like, okay, I'm I'm cool to switch it up. Like, it's nice. Um, but this, ah, it just it just misses where it needs to hit, and it, it gets off on the right way, but it goes astray pretty quickly. So yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's my code vein uh, feedback. I might I uh, might revisit it. I'll let you know. All right, let us know. Let us know. Uh, all right, swinging back over to me. I'm going to be talking about One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows. Oh, I didn't remember you played that. I did not tell anybody that I played it until literally just now. World Ooh. exclusive. You're the first person who's hearing about it. There you go. Uh, full disclosure, uh, Bandai Namco did send me a code for review purposes. I will be doing a full review at GameCritics.com. Can I pause? Uh, can I pause for a minute? Yeah. Please tell me you liked it. Uh, 50-50. Okay, okay, okay. 50-50. Okay, so first off, do you have you watched One Punch yes, Man? Yes, I'm, I'm a huge fan, and Mob Psycho, and I mean, like, a huge fan. So okay. that's, like, a why I want it to be, like, at least half decent. All right. Well, I, I do not watch a lot of anime, but me and my son did end up randomly watching One Punch Man, and we did like it a lot. So we watched both seasons that are available. Uh, I believe there's only two seasons available. Is there a third season? Do you know? No, but you should watch Mob Psycho because, in my opinion, it's the better anime. And it's the same person. Okay. You know, you know people have mentioned that to me. Yeah, I did know about that. We haven't watched it yet. Same so. creator, different animator. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, One Punch Man, for people who don't know, I mean, I think you can watch the entire series on Hulu, I think. It might be available somewhere else. Crunchyroll or something. Who knows? But uh, One Punch Man is basically about a, a, a hero. Just like it says, he can defeat anybody in one punch. So it doesn't matter what kind of how strong they are or what their powers are. He just shows up and blows them away with one punch. But the 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 story is about he's like, you know, he's got this ennui. Like he just is like bored with his life because nothing is a challenge, and nobody really recognizes him um, for various reasons explained in the anime. And he just like he's more excited by like a sale on cabbage at the local grocery store than he is about <laughs> fighting anybody because it's just like so over for him. Um, so knowing that he is like basically invincible and invulnerable. Uh, I was really curious as to how they were going to implement that. And they've come up with a really cool, interesting, innovative way to do this. So it's a basically like an arena fighting game, meaning that you have a 3D character, third person, but it's not 2D like the way that a Street Fighter is. Like you're in a, a big open space and you can, you know, run to the left, run to the right, run forward, run back. You can jump. So you've got like a bunch of open space to be in and you fight. But you are not one punch man. You are a random low-level hero who is in the same city that One Punch Man is, and you are working your way up the ladder of, like, heroes in the city. So you start off as, like, a C-class, lame hero, and you got to do, like, quests, like, help people do stuff, beat up low-level monsters, and you can slowly, uh, you know, gain experience and power yourself up. But the trick is, is, like, when you jump into one of these battles, there's a little window on the side of your screen, and it shows that there's, like, another hero coming to help you. 
So in the beginning, there's not really anybody to help you, but you meet people as you fight, and eventually you'll meet some heroes, and they'll be like, oh yeah, let's be friends. And then when you start doing a battle, that window pops up, and it's like, oh, so-and-so is coming to help you out. They're going to be here in 30 seconds. So if you can survive that 30 seconds with the monster that you're fighting, your hero buddy shows up, and then they will like bash the monster when they show up, and you can either switch to them, or you can stay with who you are, and then it becomes like a multi-character fighter where you can swap between them, kind of like um, uh, Marvel versus Capcom or something like that. Is it supposed to be co-op and and it's just making an AI NPC or? It is not co-op. You can only do one person at a time. So like, let's say that you start off as your, your basic starter character. You fight, fight, fight. You take some damage. Your buddy hero shows up. You can switch to your buddy. You will, you will then control the buddy and your original character is like off screen and their life is recharging while they're not fighting. Weird. So you, it's just you managing a team of heroes and you swap between them. It works better than I'm probably explaining it. And it makes sense because in the actual anime, that's exactly what happens. Some hero will be fighting somebody. They'll be outmatched. The hero association will dispatch another hero to go help. They will arrive in a few seconds. Then it becomes like a team battle. Totally in line with the show. Like it makes perfect sense if you've seen the anime. It's very faithful to the show. And later on, um, One Punch Man becomes, you know, your friend. He'll show up. And if he shows up, he kills anybody in One Punch. So it's like if you can last long enough for him to show up, then you win. So that's it's an interesting challenge. I think it's a, a cool spin on fighting games. It's something different. I can't say that I've ever played anything quite like it. And it is extremely faithful to the show. Like, it makes narrative sense, cognitive sense. I think that's great. Um, so I think from that perspective, as a fan of the show, I like it. Um, however, there are some caveats to this. It's not like a home run, right? So basically, I think the graphics are pretty rough. Um, I think things look like the show, so it looks okay, but everything is pretty low detail. Animation's not really great. Character creator in this game sucks ass. It's so bad. Uh, mm. I tried to make a female character, and she just looks like a dude in a dress. Um, and I don't mean that as any kind of insult. I mean, literally, like, they took a, a, a male character model and didn't make any changes to how females look. Like, they didn't change the skeleton size. They didn't, you know, like, they didn't change yeah. the way that it moves. It, just, it, looks, it looks terrible. It looks like a really cheap really janky animation choice it looks real bad like they you didn't think anybody's going to make a female character really you didn't think so because i did and it looks real bad um so that sucks also for a fighting game the fighting is really fucking janky like it's not good fighting um it's kind of okay but the weird thing is like whenever you knock an enemy down or if you get knocked down there's like this strange three second pause where they're like invincible and then they like explode out of it it, it doesn't make sense because if you knock an enemy down in most fighting games, you can either beat them up while they're down or juggle them to keep the combo going because you just, you just knocked them down. That's an advantage for you, right? Like in any game you would press that advantage and keep fighting. But in this game, they get like these little invincibility frames where you can't do anything. And it just, it stops the flow of combat dead. And it usually gives the person on the ground an advantage because they, whatever they do gets priority over you, which sucks. Usually also, only the player is the one who turns invincible. You would think so, but not in this case. It's just really weird to have this like stop, start, stop, start, stop, start rhythm to the fighting. It feels terrible. It doesn't feel good at all. And even worse than that is the priority of this game is awful. And by priority, I mean how the computer decides who hits who if both people are attacking at the same time. It seems to me like the AI always gets priority. So like if you're coming in to punch and the computer's coming in to kick at the same time, like you always lose that. Like the computer gets you every single time and it's really easy um, to just get juggled to death. Like the computer will just hit you, hit you, hit you, hit you, hit you, and you can't get a chance to breathe. And you try to, you know, you get knocked down, you get a couple of seconds of invincibility. You try to use that to your advantage. And nope, the computer like knows exactly when you're open. They hit you exactly when you get back up. It doesn't feel good. Like it feels really frustrating. Um, and the only way around that that I've found 
is to simply level up enough that you can just tank your way through it. Like just take those hits and just stay alive, which is a shitty way to design a fighting game. Like you like that's the most awful way to design a fighting game. Like you need to have skill. You want to have, you know, reward combos, reward thinking about which moves you have. Um, and it just doesn't feel like it rewards that. It feels like it rewards grinding for levels and just tanking your way through each battle, which feels not great. So, so, so you're not getting better in this game then. It seems like you're, what, do you, what does leveling up mean? It means like you, you do more damage with your hits. So like it's the same janky punches and kicks, but they do more damage or your life gets, you know, you get more life. So instead of getting knocked out in three punches, you can take 10 punches instead. So you're not really, I mean, I don't feel like I'm getting better and I don't feel like the moves have unlocked or anything is really like, I don't feel like I'm a more efficient fighter. I don't feel like I'm learning the system. I just feel like I am just tougher in a numerical sense and then mm, I'm just able to yeah. survive longer and my punches do more damage and I just beat people that way. But the fighting does not feel good in this and this is all about fighting, which is kind of a problem. So, so weird. I don't want to play it. Gosh, damn it. That's not a good review. I mean, I mean, rent it because it's kind of cool to see some of those characters from the show. I mean, like, I'll put it this way. If you're a fan of the show, I think it's worth a rental just to see what they've done with it and see like, oh, you're in the same city that One Punch Man is in. You'll meet like um, like Spring Mustachio and Moomin Rider and all those guys from the show that I think are pretty cool and funny. Um, but if you're not a fan of the show... I don't think there's anything here for you, and I don't think you'll be won over by this. And honestly, I don't think even a fan will probably get through this game because the fighting feels so bad. But well, what was that game, God Eater? Is that right? That was a game, right? Where you were like super strong and fought like these massive creatures. Yeah, that was God Eater. Yeah. God Eater. I I thought it was gonna be something like that. Like that. Like you played as One Punch Man and like had so many powers that you had to take on these things that are like almost you know invincible but you could still take them on no 100 not, not that. that yeah 100 not that so it's cool it's a cool idea i think it's it's on the right track but they oh fuck they need to fix that goddamn fighting and uh yeah the animation oh it's real bad so anyway all right i'm out i'm out thanks for that carlos is out but anybody who's a big one punch man fan i mean rent it for like a day or whatever get it again on i don't know something. rent I, I don't do what is renting I know renting's really gone away, but I, I subscribe to Gamefly. We've talked about this before, I and I, uh, you know, I love getting games for Gamefly because it's no risk. Just try them out. Don't like them, send them back. I mean, it's maybe it's your only option these days to rent. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not a great game. All right, all right. Bye bye, One Punch Man. Let's go over to you, Carlos. Uh, American Fugitive. I have never played this. I've been curious about it. This is a game that came out a, wow, a year or two ago, so we are living up to the uh, Soviet video games mantra of uh, new stuff, old stuff, anything between. Oh. Uh, so this is a perfect subject matter. Tell us about American Fugitive, Carlos. Yeah, I didn't even know I was going to talk about this, but um, I had found that when I was going through my downloads, right, and Ease was not there, I was like, what other games can I download that are available? And I remember loving this game, and I'll tell you about it in a second, and... I was like, fuck, I better, I never beat it, but I did play a lot of it. So let's re-download it. So what is it? Very easy. Remember the old GTA before uh, third person when it was top-down? The top original down? back yeah. in the day, top-down, yeah. isometric sort of GTA. Yeah, the original I don't think people GTA. know that even exists anymore, dude. I don't think people even know. Well, look it up. Google Grand Theft Auto, the original, and you'll see what it looks like. So it's better graphics than that. It's... Actually, a little three-quarters view, right? So not just totally top-down. It's definitely got that three-quarters view. Uh, car, little teeny guys, little teeny characters you control on the screen. 
Um, so little small people, like, um, and then they get into cars, and then you have, you know, melee weapons, and you have guns. And so a lot of the things you would think in Grand Theft Auto, but it's in this, like, small town. So it's called Red Rock County. And it's, the story is, is actually pretty good. You're, like, trying to investigate how your dad got killed. And uh, there's, like, kind of a rival kind of gang in town, and there's, like, crooked cops. It almost feels like Dukes of Hazard in a way. Uh, God, who knows what Dukes of Hazard is anymore? Oh right, what, I'm doing all the all the things. We're that the old, kids man. Know. You gotta update your references. You guys bit. know in 1923 there was a game <laughs> called Dukes of Hazard, and it was also Grand Theft Auto. So this game is fucking great. If you like Grand Theft Auto, the regular one, the one you kids know, uh, you'd like this because essentially it's just a different perspective. But it is a lot of the same things. You are definitely doing errands. You are um, breaking into places. You're stealing cars. You can kind of do whatever you want. It's definitely a sandbox. And in the beginning, you probably will for a while because you're like, screw this mission. I just want to go see what happens when I steal this cop car and jump it off this ramp because there's ramps. And there's a lot of stuff from GTA in it. But it's also small enough that it feels like intimate. Like, the story is intimate. You want to figure out what happened with your family. You have a stepbrother. He's trying to help it, but he's in trouble. And then, you know, all these little kind of challenges and different things you can do in town are fun on their own. But the sandbox is really good, too. And the AI is pretty funny and weird. And I just love it. So I was playing it and just all the way back in. Like, it was like, why did I ever stop this game you know i'm sure it was because some huge release came out right that happens a lot but uh as i was playing it i had this had this crazy thing happen which i'll put a link in well we don't put links in show notes but i mean we can just send it to me i can put it i'll give you a video yeah it's a video so i i made a video because this crazy thing started happening and i kind of did a voiceover for it my own voiceover and I made it a whole story about this woman, Nadine, who is having problems with her man, and he slept with her sister, and it's a whole thing. And what's funny is you can tell these stories because a lot of little things happen with the NPCs in the world, where they might jump in a car and drive off, or they might call the cops on you, or you know, you're chasing someone down and you got to fight them. All this little stuff happens in this world. And so I started making videos out of the stories. And I actually sent it to the developer, and they, like, shared it. So now Stories of Red Rock County is a thing, and I'm making videos from this game. I saw you talk to the developer on Twitter, and I it kind of caught me by surprise because I was, like, look, scanning the feed, and I'm like, wait a minute, who's this? What's what? What's happening here? And I saw a little bit of what you posted. So you got me curious. I really wanted to play this back in the day, and I didn't for whatever reason, and then... It went on sale one time, but I'd already spent my money on something else. And so I've never got around to it. And it, you're making it sound pretty good. Um, I guess what is... The, so one thing that I didn't like about the original Grand Theft Auto, the top-down one, was combat was kind of iffy. And I remembered, like, dying a lot. Like, do you feel like it's pretty manageable, this game? Like, what's the difficulty like? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you have to, like, outwardly, like, go for something. Like, you're really doing some, you know, bad shit to get, like, cops after you. Um and also, I feel like your health is pretty good. Like, you have a health meter, and if you eat, like, any food at all that you find, it'll, like, repair his health. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like, you would, like, 
walking around the woods anywhere or just even the street, you'll find money, you'll find fruit, you'll find just weird shit would be in the world, right? And if just you, like real life. Yeah, just like real life. You find random fruit on the ground. Um, <laughs> although sometimes the fruit is rotten, you know, and you can't, it doesn't do. Well, beggars can't be choosers. It'll still make you feel better you if you eat it, I guess. still eat it, yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's weapons and there's like money and just random stuff around that I think helps. But also, on the flip side of that, I found out if you just like don't wear any clothes and just have your boxers on, like the cops will be called and <laughs> you might get like people. Oh, really? So people react to you just like being almost naked. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, the game is great. I will say this extra mechanic that's really interesting is you can go into any house, but when you go into a house, it's more of like a puzzle game. So it just shows the t- like sh- true top-down view of a house, and you pick which room you want to go into. It's not showing your character anymore, right? It's just saying, what do you want to go? Living room, bathroom, bedroom? Like it's like a menu-based thing? Yes. Okay. And then you pick one, and then you can search it, and you'll find things in there, like, you know, a, a toy or money or a ring or whatever. And sometimes those are mission-based stuff, like you have to go find stuff in people's houses. But it usually has, like, a police alert. So if someone sees you do a, a crime, just like in Grand Theft Auto, they'll call the cops on you. Um, of course, you could go beat them up, you know, to make them not do that. But that's mean. But And then also, just generally, when you break into most houses, the cops will come at some point so they give you like a counter you know like okay in 100 seconds or 150 seconds cops are going to be here so do as much searching and looting as you can and then you better take off okay so there's like a little mini game when you go into houses but other than that the rest of the game takes place in the outside worlds as in your little character it's just so addictive dude you you start it up and just like the old grand theft auto days you're like no i just want to keep playing in this world let me ask you, this sounds, I mean, like I said, I was interested in this earlier and I just didn't get around to it for whatever reason. I mean, you know, you get distracted, the next shiny thing comes down the pike, you forget yeah. about it, whatever. Um, I am still interested in this and I, you know, as the title of our podcast says, I mean, I'm, I'm fine going back and playing something that's older. But I, would you suggest this to be on PS4? Because I know it's on Switch and the, the structure of it sounds like it might be okay on Switch, but also... I wouldn't want to sacrifice any performance. Um, do you think I should lean Switch, or do you think I should go for PS4? I, like, th- I think PS4, just because the characters okay. characters are so small, and I really like the idea of on my TV, like seeing the whole world, like this really cool town, and then seeing my character who's small, but on a TV, it's not as small. So I think I think yeah, you okay. need it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I that's, would I recommend to everybody. It's uh, Fallen Tree Games is the is the developer. And I don't know how much it is right now, but it's probably on sale. It's fucking great. Yeah. All right. I'm going to – I thank you for that reminder. I, I did want to check it out. I will try to keep an eye out for it. Maybe I'll grab it on sale. I'm pretty sure you can game fly it, you know, if anybody wants to rent it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll put a link – I'll give you the link to the, the new series because I have a new one already recorded. It's called Stories of Red Rock County. Uh, that's the hashtag. You can look it All up right. on Twitter. Send me the links, and, folks, I for sure will put it in the show notes this time. Uh, I know we don't usually put a lot in the show notes, but we will do it this time, and we can uh, check that out. All right. <coughs> all right. Excuse me. Um, all right. Next game is called Immortal Realms Vampire Wars. This is on Xbox One. It's in the preview program. I was, full disclosure, sent a code for this purpose to talk about it on the podcast. Uh, that's what I'm doing now, and I did not have to pay for it, uh, but it's on the Xbox One preview program. I think it's also on PC in like a preview sort of a status Basically, it is a 
cross between a top-down turn-based tactics game and a 4x sort of territory expansion kingdom building game uh, you play as a group of vampires uh, as you might be able to tell from the title uh, you're like uh, the starting campaign is like you're I don't know you're Vlad so-and-so and you're in a castle because where else would you be and you are expanding your territory humans start some shit uh, on the edge of your kingdom and you need to go and stomp them out and then eventually you just go and you know expand your army by capturing territory the map is divided up into sections and so you can take little teeny characters and go to the next section capture that section if nobody owns it then you own it uh, you can uh, you earn, you know, blood, which is like a power to do stuff from the villages. And you can recruit humans to turn them into vampires for you. You can go to graveyards and caves to recruit other kinds of monsters. You can get like a, a vampire bat that can be a, an ally for you. And magic using vampires and night vampires and uh, archer vampires and stuff. So you put together an army and you kind of like expand across the land. You fight other vampires that you encounter. And there's also a card system where you get these cards which activate powers. And there's also a skill tree system, which is the more experience you get. You can activate different skills for your people, your different, like, commanders in your army. Give them, like, improved damage or, you know, a magic spell or something like that. Um, so that's basically what it is. Uh, I put a couple hours into it. I mean, just to be totally honest, like 4X games are not really my thing, although I'm surprised we don't have more vampire games. So I was probably more interested in the vampire side of things than I was in the 4X side of things. Mm. Um, it's okay. Uh, not my jam. I mean, number one, text is tiny in this game, which is a big problem. I feel like I'm saying it every fucking time we talk about a game. The text is tiny in this game, and I realize it's in preview. Hopefully they're going to fix that. Uh, but the text is really small. Uh, but other than that, it just, it felt really complicated to me. Like, there was a lot of systems going on. Hard to navigate through the game just in general because it's not really super intuitive about what you're doing. I mean, maybe it would be more intuitive to people who are very, very experienced with the 4X genre. I am not so experienced with it. And so I found myself constantly struggling about, oh, am I, I want to select this thing. Wait, oh, I'm in the wrong menu. Hang on a second. Back up. Wait, am I selecting the right thing? No. Okay, wait. Oh, here it is. Here it is. And then kind of like slowly making my way through it. It wasn't, it was definitely not like a pick up a play sort of a thing. Um, a lot of stuff to learn, a lot of systems. And one thing that I didn't care for was, um, there is a story mode, which I appreciated. So that was good. But when you're actually doing the campaign, like it feels like your characters are kind of generic placeholders. Like you don't like you get a, like a commander of your army, right? So like I had a, a male commander of my army and he looked like a little dude in armor. And then I got a female commander of my army, and she looked like the exact same dude in armor. And I'm like, well, these, these guys don't look different at all. Like, they, their portraits are pretty generic. Them on the screen in the battlefield looks generic. Um, and the turn-based section, when you get into a battle, it goes to, like, a top-down view, and you're looking at your little units on a grid. And, you know, this guy can move so-and-so many squares, and this guy can shoot his arrows this many squares over. I mean, it's pretty basic turn-based tactic stuff. Uh, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. I mean... <laughs> I just, it just didn't grab me, you know, like there's nothing really wrong with it. And I get that it's still in preview, so there's still time for it to grow. But I guess I'm just not really into the whole 4X thing. And I have played a lot of tactics games and I'm used to playing those. and I like those. The tactics in this one didn't really grab me. Nothing wrong with it, but I'm just like, you know, not feeling that spark. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. You just, you know? I would also say, though, like, kind of in defense of maybe those kind of games in general, like, for me, and maybe for you too, but, like, for me, JRPG, they could tell me nothing. I could skip every tutorial and know exactly what the fuck to do, right? Like, in two seconds. Yeah. And I'd be yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'll do that and do that. And I know how to, like, even, like, uh, grind to do this one other thing that they didn't even tell me about. So I'm guessing maybe people who play those types of games would be like, Oh, that's that game I like, that style, and it's also yeah. vampires, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're probably entirely correct, dude. I have very little experience in the 4X. I'm sure that this is probably a very simplified version of stuff that's really, really complicated on PC. And I, I'm, I'm trying to be fair to the game here. Like, I don't I don't really have any complaints about it. It just didn't click with me, and part of that, I'm sure, is that I'm just not generally a fan of the genre. You know, like I said, yeah. I came into it for the vampires more than the 4X action. Um, so, it's fine. I mean, if you, if you like 4X, check this out. I think it... Um, Seems like an okay fit for Xbox. I mean, I think the menus could be streamlined a little bit. The controls could be streamlined a little bit. But, I mean, nothing wrong with it. It just just didn't grab me. So, Bo- box quote. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So, Immortal Realms, Vampire Wars. It's fine. If you like vampires, check it out. If you like 4X, check it out. I don't think I'll be putting any more time into it because I just don't think it's my jam. But that's not really a complaint. That's just more me than the game. Uh, but it's there. It's currently an Xbox preview, so go take a gander if you like. Check it out, but I'm with you, dude. I need some more vampire games in my life. Come on. It's like there's not enough pirate games and there's not enough vampire games. Ooh, Both of those Pirates versus Vampires? Pirates vs. Vampires. Is that oh, the episode title? Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that is always the episode title, right, for, as gotta, far as I'm concerned. I got to write that down. Uh, let me I know, because if you don't down. write it down, it doesn't happen. I'm writing it down. Pirates versus vampires. Okay, it's going to happen. I just wrote it down. Okay. Wait, wait. That's also a little misleading. It's a little clickbaity because we only said it like once. I mean, aren't all the titles clickbaity though? Isn't that okay. the point of having a title? It is. But at the very end of the episode, let's mention one more thing about pirates versus uh, vampires. All right. Let's talk about Final Fantasy VII, dude. Final Fantasy VII Remake Demo. I saw that it dropped two days ago as of this recording. I jumped on the tweeters and I said, Carlos, the demo is out. I feel like we have an obligation to our audience to listen, uh, not to to listen, to play. I mean, I guess we got to listen to it too, but to play. You agreed. We both downloaded it. We both played it and we're talking about it right now. We both beat it, right? Oh yeah, got through. The demo's like what? Maybe like half an hour, 20 minutes, something like that? Well, given the last boss, we could talk about that in a minute, but yeah. Okay. Ish. Uh, Ish. So, Carlos, I mean, I think most people listening to this podcast have an idea of what Final Fantasy VII is, but this is the remake demo promised by Square Enix for a billion jillion years. It's finally on PS4 to download. I Is it? It's not a PS4 exclusive, is it, or is it? I don't know. I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. But no. I think the demo is only on PS4 right now, for the time being anyway, but it's up on the demo section in the store. You can download it right now. I'm sure you already know about it if you're listening to the show. But, Carlos, tell us, tell us uh, about the Final Fantasy VII remake demo. Uh, full disclosure, as you always say, I never beat it in the olden days, which is crazy. Oh, really? The yeah, original yeah. FF7? Okay. I'm a Final Fantasy fan. I played pretty much every RPG ever known to man. I've beaten a lot of them um, quite a bit. And 7, I remember the ending. My buddy was playing it, and I would watch him. I was watching him beat the ending. So I know a lot about what happens, but I definitely didn't like beat it myself, which is totally different. You know, like it's a totally different experience. So uh, and I totally forgot it because it's a million years ago. So going into this demo, which is just a little teeny sliver of one section, um, you know, I remember parts of it and then I wouldn't remember huge parts of it. And also because it is remake, not just like a full. Well, I don't know what the different terminology would be, but. 
I feel like they did a couple things different, right? Like that's the plan for them. Yeah, like it's not a remaster. Let's be clear, because maybe some people are, right. are are maybe confused about that. They're taking Final Fantasy VII. I mean, totally redoing the graphics, but also they're making changes to the story. They're ma- they're changing some of the structure. And in fact, I believe the current plan when they do release this as a game, uh, you can pre-order it now. It's not even the full game. I think they're just talking about what was the Midgar section yep. of the original Final Fantasy VII. That's going to be like game one, as far as I understand. So yeah, like they're, change- they're changing a lot of it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the way they structure it with episodes and also the way they just the moment to moment stuff feels different. So big time, big time. When you have like someone like me who can't even remember the fucking game and didn't really fully beat it, it just feels like a new game to me. Like it feels a game like, so if you liked Final Fantasy 15, younger people, uh, which I liked quite a bit, it's pretty much that action system, like that action RPG system. It's like that. Um, and right away, as soon as I started it, I was like, because I, I, my heart is in a really good place for Fantasy 15. Um, I miss it all the time because I just really spent so much time with that game. So it was like going right back to that game. And I was like, oh, I like this. This is exactly what I want. Um, really enjoyed that a lot. And then I guess I'll just jump to the... The bosses, because there was quite a few of them, um, kind of like well, before, mini bosses. Before you get to that, why don't you describe like the changes? Like, tell us like what it is about, like well, how we how you, how it felt, what was different? Because I think there's a lot to talk about before we get to the bosses. I think okay. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, I mean, back in the day, this was like super polygon, real basic JRPG style, pretty radically different. I mean, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. So okay, so the original was a PS1 or PS2? Uh, I feel like it was a PS1. Yeah. And so obviously polygonal, very, you know, clunky graphics, uh, but also beautiful cutscenes. So it was kind of a mixture of both. And people love that about it. They were like, wow, this is groundbreaking in the cutscenes and it looks beautiful. But then also moment to moment gameplay is running around as cloud was pretty old school looking. And if you pick it up now, you'll be like, whoa, that's like an old school RPG. But the action, uh, you know, um, role-playing section of it was really good back then and now essentially what it is is updated graphics to a huge degree i mean probably like an absurd degree dude. Like, like it's so far removed it's so beautiful it's actually like the actual gameplay is probably better than final fantasy 15 i think the the way that looks on the character models are like you know on par if not better so it's like totally upgraded graphic wise it feels like the action system of the old as well as final fantasy 15 so I feel like if you like both of those, uh, and it's it's primarily action RPG, I'll say, but there's definitely times where you pause the game and you issue orders. So it's got that turn-based uh, element still in there, and you do use that quite a bit. So healing is health potions, right? Uh, or Phoenix Downs to bring you back to life. All those, you're hitting the X button on PS4, and you're pausing the action, right? So let, let that be known, because at Final Fantasy XV, I feel like I was just always, you know, running around and hitting things. But in this one, they definitely have that kind of harken back to, okay, we're going to pause the action and let you do some things and then go back to it. Um, I also say this, you only in this demo have one ally and to switch between the two, you kind of have to in this demo. And I didn't like that because I, I like my RPGs where I pick one character and I let the other people just kind of do what they want and give them orders. Now, you can give them orders, but it just seemed like, especially in this demo, and I wonder what you thought, I feel like I had to be both of them. Did you feel that? 
I did feel that, but if you go back and replay the demo, there is an option at the very beginning of the demo that says, would you like the classic style, which is where where it's just like you're saying, where you stay as cloud and they just do their own thing. Um, I, I think I didn't try that. I think I tried the middle option, if I remember correctly. I forget what that was, but there was a couple different system options. I think one of them is called classic. I think that's the one that you that you kind of want. There was the um, the update, and then I think there was uh, easy mode or story mode or something like that. I don't remember which one I chose, but it was not it was not the classic mode. Um, but yeah, there was ability to, to switch between. I mean, so I think the graphics, like you said, I mean, amazing. They look really good. Like, I mean, it looks it looks just like Final Fantasy VII, but it also looks nothing like Final Fantasy VII. It looks like what you remember it looking like, but it looks a jillion times better than what you what it looked like, and the way that they've changed it like the way you're running through the levels in a third person way is totally different than it was in final fantasy 7 i mean it just looks so crazy and cinematic and gorgeous in the way that only square enix can do but um i was a little bit overwhelmed with the controls i noticed that um coban heat do you know do you follow chris kohler on twitter do you know him yeah 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 he's getting a lot of shit right now because he mentioned that he felt a little bit overwhelmed with controls and i felt the same way and, of course, all of a sudden, people are coming up with, oh, game editors don't really play games. Game editors suck. They don't have any skills. Blah, 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 blah. He's taking a lot of heat. I feel really bad for him right now because he's a great guy. Um, I've worked with him in the past. He knows his shit. He's been around for decades. So, like, don't throw Chris Kohler any shit. Are you kidding me? He's a fucking OG. But, anyway, I felt the same way. I felt like there was a lot to learn in that demo if you were going to interact with all the systems. I felt like a lot of it was pretty overwhelming, and they were throwing a lot at you in a very short time. Um, I got, I grabbed most of it and it was okay for most of it. I kind of fell down with the issuing orders part. What I ended up doing is switching back and forth between myself, uh, you, you know, cloud and Barrett, who is your companion in this demo. Um, I would just have to like switch back and forth between them to give orders. And apparently there's some way to give orders without switching to them. I didn't yeah, quite figure out L2. what that was. It's L2 and something, but it's, it seems like my problem is, and I'm bringing it up early is because I didn't like the fact that. You know, like he, he shoots, right? So he's got a gun arm. Exactly. And so there's certain things you have to shoot. Like you just can't like jump stuff up and hit. Stuff that's flying in the air yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So they, it's not like you could issue orders very easily, it didn't seem like. It seemed like you had to just, ah, fuck this. Just give me the wheel. And I'll, just do it. I'll be him and do it. And I did not like that. That didn't feel, yeah, that felt weird to me. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was, I mean, and it was a lot. Like, a lot was happening. I didn't play Final Fantasy 15, so I don't have any experience with that particular game. But playing this game and in the mode that I chose, maybe be different in a different mode, but it was a little bit much. Like, I felt like I was um, real time attacking, but at the same time, I was also pausing to give orders, but then I was also switching to Barrett when something was out of my reach. I mean, it felt like a lot. I'm sure it would be fine once you sat down with the full version and once you had time to go through it at your own pace. But in this demo, I felt like they crammed a lot and there was a lot to pick up. It was very different than what I expected. And uh, so that that part happened. But I mean, I overall, in terms of presentation and how they're approaching the design of this game, I got to say, I am really impressed. I didn't think that Square Enix would really pull this off. I haven't been a big Square Enix fan in a while. I'm not much of a JRPG fan anymore. And I'm not really a Final Fantasy like super fan. I think I've played all of them except for 15 and the one that was like an MMO. Um, but I think I played all the rest of them and I'm just not into them anymore. Like I just, I'm just mm. not, but this one actually did kind of want to get me fired up again. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, this is very 
deep and rich and very cinematic and like you're in the action and it's very like it looks great and you're just doing things all the time so it did kind of get me interested in this i thought that was pretty cool yeah but that's what frustrates me so much because i'm the opposite I, i'm a a massive uh ff15 fan I'm a, I'm a big fan of this genre i like what they were doing with the um, the action in the uh the demo but a couple of things that really bothered me one uh, this idea of staggering, I guess that was in the old one. I can't remember if it was in the old one. But when you stagger enemies, you can, like, really hurt them. But you have to do certain things to stagger them. So you have the abilities, and you have magic. And if you do a certain ability or certain magic, then you stagger an enemy. And then you can really hurt them because they're, like, falling down or something. But lots of times they made that the norm, it wasn't like, oh, that's pretty cool. I did like extra damage. It was like, no, you're gonna but do like you had to do it. Yeah, you do yeah. like three damage in this motherfucker because. And again, that's why I alluded to earlier. Not the main boss, but like just a mini boss in a regular level, like this tank guy. And you're like, yeah, you better stagger him and then also hit him for a million times. Number two, by the way, fucking make your dogs easier in video games. Dogs aren't difficult to take down. I am so sick of this. I'm standing in my soapbox right now. I'm putting another soapbox on top of that soapbox. Fuck dogs that are difficult. What was your issue with the dogs in this demo? 18 hits, motherfucker. No, it's a dog. How about two? How about two? <laughs> it's a dog. All right? Interesting. I didn't have the problem with the dogs You at all. didn't? I, no, I didn't have any problem with the dogs. I noticed they were a little bit tougher, but in this demo, Cloud and also Barrett, they both have... Um, different attack modes Barrett can do like a super powered shot and cloud can change his buster sword his stance. stance yeah yeah yeah. and so he was i switched into the the heavier stance and it was no problem i got through the dogs no big deal the, the, the stance might have helped with the dogs uh if you do normal though on a so this is my point if you do normal stance which is again how most action rpgs are there's no stances it's normally just you swing a fucking sword and it's leveled up or not I'm getting angry. Uh, <laughs> you you hit the dog, and okay, it's like 10 hits, and you switch your stance, and it's two hits. Cool. But it, it wasn't. In the regular mode, it was like 15 hits to this motherfucking dog, and that mm. doesn't make any sense. Like, the, you switching modes shouldn't be that big of a disparity. You know? Wow. The, anyways, there's the other thing which I won't go too far into, because whatever. We talk about too much, but I, I just the boss at the very end... Um, if you want to leave a good like sensation or taste in someone's mouth, which I think is the wrong metaphor, uh, <laughs> maybe don't have the boss last like five stages of boss and have a bunch of cheap shots because all those missiles fuck off. They're so dumb. They hit you no matter what you do. I was like rolling or dodging. None of it. I, I would always get hurt. And I, every time I healed in that fucking boss fight, I get hit every time. Uh, the only time I didn't get hit is when I was behind a special thing you're supposed to be behind when he shoots his eye laser, and that's okay. But then the rest of the time, you just get hit. I despise that ending. I hated that they made that boss so hard, and it really soured the whole thing for me. It really did. I mean, there's a lot in that demo. Um, I think that Chris Kohler was exactly right. Um, and anybody who disagrees, I think, is maybe fooling themselves a little bit. Because, I mean, it, I mean, I think it's a great demo. I, I came away with it feeling pretty positive, but I absolutely agree with what you're saying because I was frustrated with it at certain points just because they're having you do so much, they're introducing so much, and they're trying to tell you, like, all of the game systems in the get-go, which I think is kind of a bad idea because you're, you're literally just picking this up for the first time, 
and you're learning about like cla- like the stances. You're yes. learning about pausing the action and going through not only magic spells but also your abilities. You're learning about those meters. You're learning about um, you know the switching and p- picking different targets. You're learning about locking on. You're learning about dodging and blocking and also countering when you block, but only if you're in the other stance. You're learning about running but that doesn't work when you're in the combat mode you're learning about taking cover behind something which only happens with one boss and you're also learning about like when you should be like using your potions and not and when you should be using your phoenix downs and not right like that's another a whole section so you're right i think it's just too many things it felt like a lot and it also feels like because of how rich the graphics are and how close to the action the player is like you're not in this like god view looking down on a enemies on the left heroes on the right jrpg battle like you're kind of in the battle and there's explosions and cloud is swinging this giant sword and he's dashing all over the place like there's a lot going on it's a lot in your face and if you are just trying to learn the systems um it's kind of a rough crash course so i mean i came up with it pretty positive and i think it actually turned out better than i was expecting but at the same time i would definitely want to take like 10 steps back and be like okay let's go back to square one let me like actually take the time to learn these controls when i'm not like getting my ass kicked by a boss don't tell me like three different new mechanics that only work on this one boss about staggering and then switching to barrett to do the lightning attack but then hang on a second i got to heal but hang on i got to take cover by this barrier like it was a lot for the demo and i think it was too much i think they made a mistake with that but overall i mean very impressive audio visually very impressive in terms of like how thoroughly like a remake this is and to kind of to circle back to your point earlier i mean i did play final fantasy 7 back in the day i believe i even still have the original disc um that that was that i bought back then um i was okay with it like it wasn't like my favorite game in the world but it was fine uh it's been like i don't know what 20 years or something since that game 15 years or whatever it's been and uh i don't remember nearly anything about it so as i was playing this game i'm like fuck this is basically just like a brand new game like right. i saw people on twitter nitpicking certain things and be like oh that's you know this building was in the wrong place and i can't believe they did this thing and i'm like dude how do you even remember all that like did you just play this or something because this felt like brand new shit to me and i'm not gonna i'm not about to go replay the old final fantasy 7 to look for differences i'm just going to take it as a new experience i'm going to just take whatever comes and i'm just going to see what it's like now rather than play the super fan nitpick game and go back and you know do whatever whatever so yeah to your point though i think that they could have easily you know in the beginning it's kind of fun because you're like this ragtag group of people and you're like breaking into somewhere but then they could have either cut to another section or even before that had a part where you're just walking around like looking at the world and like you know rpgs do like this is a town this is an inn like this is how the game works and then throwing you into it because as it stands, it's just a nonstop, like, and there's also a bomb. There's a motherfucking bomb in this game, like, yeah, in the sure. demo. And you're like, the second half, instead of after beating the boss and, like, feeling good about yourself and leveling up, you literally are running away the whole time. And then uh, fucking enemies attack you on your way out. And they're difficult. They're not, like, easy guys. Like, I had to, like, go switch my stance, you know what I mean? And take yeah, out these, yeah. like, peon guys as I'm leaving a place where a bomb is blowing up, I think it's, I'm going to say it out loud, piss poor design. I really think it was like, <laughs> sh- I'm, out, I'm taking it, I'm turning it to Brad. But um, I just think it was so shitty because I have played 15 recently and I love that fucking game. And you're seeing it for the first time, really. This mechanic and stuff like this is 15. Like, this is a lot of what 15 did well. But the way that they did this demo, fail for me it's like a big fail um especially because i was so excited when i started it 
and I, I just left really frustrated. And I had to beat that boss, but... Yeah, ugh. well, I mean, not a fail for me, but I definitely think it was not a great demo in terms of cramming too much and trying to get the player to learn too much in too short a period of time. Um, and at one point, I did get a little bit frustrated because uh, the bomb uh, that you set, you're all of a sudden on a timer and you take off. Uh, Barrett, who was my teammate, was taking off and he's like, Cloud, let's go. And I'm like, okay, chasing after him as we're trying to escape. And then all of a sudden, a battle initiated. Barrett kept going and I was like oh. stuck in the battle. And I was like, well, wait, am I, can I just ignore this guy and keep running? Because there's the ladder right there, but it wouldn't let me get on the ladder. It wouldn't let you get on the ladder. Run. I had the same thing. I had the yeah, same thing. And I'm like, what the fuck? I got it. Okay, wait, I got, I have to do this battle because it seems like I can just leave, but I can't. So, I mean, I, I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not worried or anything. I just think like when I get the full game, they need to let it breathe a little bit. Don't rush so much in such a short period of time. I think it'll eventually be fine, but I hear what you're saying and I, I basically agree with you. Yeah. And I will say also, it was really a little um, fucking forward of them at the end of the demo. It goes, so which uh, version would you like to buy? Yeah. Closes on the buy <laughs> screen. I've seen other games do that. And I think it's kind of a pushy move. I don't, I don't care. For yeah, that you don't much. need to do that. You should let the game speak for itself. You don't need to like, be like, yeah, yeah. check it out. Anyways, I'm uh, again, probably will play it. I, I feel like, you know, I think those... we're gonna have to, dude. You're gonna have to if you're gonna be in the game sphere. Yeah, I know. It just you're not just... gonna get away from it, man. Well, again, my honest opinion, and I think a little bit of yours is too, is that I had a lot of problems with that demo. That's all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we will definitely be talking about it again. This will be a this will be like one of those giant games where you can't you gotta play it if you're gonna talk about games. If you need your games cred, you're gonna have to play this. Oh, that means you should play 15 then. Uh, nah. Okay. <laughs> oh, that just you went back against what you just said. <laughs> All right. All right, folks, that's the main section of the show. Uh, let's do a really quick recap. Carlos talked about Catlandia. I talked about Tempest, not the arcade game, but the pirate game. Also talked about Alder's Blood. Carlos talked about Code Vein. I talked about One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows. Carlos brought up American Fugitive from the past. I talked about Immortal Realms, Vampire Wars, and that was the Final Fantasy VII remake demo in case any of you wanted to know a recap of the titles we covered. Uh, one last section here. I forgot to ask the question of the week. My bad. I apologize. We will ask it next week. So we're going to skip Q&A this week. Carlos, uh, it's time for the Carlos's Ion Gamefield section. What's on your radar, my friend? Uh, Bloodroots, which I got a code for. Uh, thank you. Uh, we'll be checking out Bloodroots very soon. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, it's already live right now. It seems very up my alley. Um, cartoonish, but also bloody and kind of an action game. It just looks ridiculous and fun. Uh, go watch the trailer because the trailer is what got me back into that game. Uh, I think it's very, very funny. It's, it's saying, well, I'll let you just watch it. Uh, also on my radar, Baldur's Gate 3. They had a great showing at PAX East. Uh, they basically did a whole full demo that was a little off the rails. Things went wrong, but that was why it was so cool. Essentially, it is uh, the team behind uh, Divinity Original Sin. That's who picked it up. And it feels like a very much like a D&D campaign where you can tackle things a lot of different ways. And did you see this, by the way? Um, we sent Mike Susky uh, from Game Critics to go cover it. So I read his coverage of it. I did not re I did not uh, watch the video, but I did hear that he really, really liked it a lot. And I know that people love the Divinity games. I haven't spent a lot of time with them, but uh, I am curious about this one. Yeah, I'm above the no beyond the moon. No, above the <laughs> above the moon. Am I beyond the moon? Am I? Uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'm beyond the pale at this point. 
Um, <laughs> I'm over the moon. I'm over the moon. Over the moon is what you're doing. Okay. Gotcha. I'm over the gotcha. moon for Baldur's Gate 3. I love Divinity Original Sin. Um, I, I just know that I'm going to love this the way that uh, so many different things can play out. Go check out that video. Go to YouTube. That's definitely on my game field. Uh, and also, Rainswept just showed up on my games field. Have you heard of Rainswept? Rainswept. Yes, we... Did you got... cover it? Oh, wait, is it, is it garbage? Well, no, no, no. So <laughs> it's a PC game. It's PC only, which is why I haven't played it. But we got a code for it a long time ago. Our reviewer, I believe, loved it. And I have a couple friends online, specifically uh, Defunct Games uh, on Twitter, who has said that this game is like a must play and I don't play PC games, but he has been talking about it so much. Like I am, I'm just about ready to get on the PC and play it because he says it's amazing. Oh, great. Um, I keep hoping for a PS4 version. I don't know that even one is even in the works, so I may have to play it on PC. It's essentially a detective game and it looks really atmospheric and a little bit emotional and the trailer, just go watch the trailer, Google, YouTube, rain swept uh, trailer and I think it will move you just by looking at the trailer. And I'm into it, so I'm going to check it out. That is on my eye on Games Field. That's excellent, it. excellent, excellent. All right, thank you, sir. And this will bring us to the end of the show. Thank you, folks, very much for listening. Carlos and I will be back. Um, maybe not next week. We've got a little bit of a scheduling kerfuffle coming up. But we will be back again with another episode. Uh, we will keep you informed via Twitter. In the meantime, we would love your questions or comments. Reach us at sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. You can also post comments for us at GameCritics.com once the show goes up there. We are on Twitter collectively, at SoVideoGames, but a better way to get us is probably individually. Carlos, uh, what are you plugging this week? Uh, check out on Twitter, hashtag stories of Red Rock County. That's, uh, if you do that, you'll find me and the video I made. Fantastic. And I can find me on Twitter and Instagram as usual. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that is it for us. Thank you once again for joining us on the So Video Games Podcast. We will be back soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos, but not over yet because this is what I always do at the end of the episode. We have to say something else about pirates and vampires. Okay, we got to say something about pirates and vampires. Who would win? Who would win? Well, I mean, I guess it depends. I want to say vampires because pirates are cool, but they're just people with swords and guns, whereas vampires are basically immortal unless they get stabbed or exposed to sunlight and i think they're able to turn into monsters and you know wolves and bats and they can hypnotize people i mean i think it's a pretty one-sided battle there i hear you but uh, let's uh, think about this uh pirates can like be without a leg and just have a peg leg and they're like yeah and so they're pretty durable you gotta give them that you know they get the (laughs) patch over the eye probably lost an eye through some sort of Moby Dick incident. I guess you you could sharpen a peg leg to become a a steak leg. That might happen. uh, Yeah, it's a one-sided battle. It's It's a pretty pretty one-sided battle. Yeah, vampires are pretty much killing that one. But pirate vampires, that could be a thing. Ooh, that's a better way to take it. There you go. Pirate vampires combine that. We can't get a game of pirates, can't get a game of vampires. I guess that means we need to have a pirate vampire game. Third person, action adventure. Absolutely third person. Absolutely action adventure. Okay, someone make it. Thank you. Good night. (laughs) That's the end of the episode. Thank you. Good night. (laughs)